Becoming a magician takes thousands of hours, right, Ashley? Oh, I'm not a magician. I'm a design specialist at the container store. But you transform closets and pantries. Well, I turn your most frustrating spaces into ones you love. With a magic wand? Uh, with Alpha, our customizable, adjustable, and affordable shelving and drawer system. The amazing Ashley! Making daily frustration disappear. <laughs> Just doing my job. Transform your space with Alpha and save 20% on purchases over $500. Get started with your free design at the container store today. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill using technology wisely and living a more sustainable life. And Merry Christmas to everyone from the Eccles home here with my wife, Wendy, and my grandson, Lincoln, scooting around on the floor. Welcome, Wendy, to Energy Matters for the very first time. Well, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to everyone. We have a little background noise with a 10-month-old, our grandson, so we're actually sitting on the floor by the Christmas tree watching him play. Christmas has been such a fun thing for our family through the years. Um, we've, You know, with seven children, you know, you've made it really fun, Wendy. We kind of start after Thanksgiving every year getting ready, you know, from the decorations to uh, in those early days, taking the kids out, seeing nativity scenes, uh, drive-through nativities, uh, you know, live manger things. I think we even have done a couple of those. Uh, but Christmas is uh, a really special time for children in our family. It is, and I think when we had seven little ones at home, one of our goals was to just help them enjoy giving to each other. So we started the Secret Sibling gift room, and they could go in there with their little pennies and dimes one at a time, and I would have inexpensive little gifts out all over the bed and gift wrap, and they would come in with their little pennies and nickels and dimes and buy a gift for each of their other six siblings, and it would they would get free gift wrapped, uh, and then they would go and hide those little gifts under their bed and then we would have a night called the sibling gift night where they would exchange and each each time a person would open a gift we would all cheer and clap and be excited about giving to one another and blessing one another so that that tradition carried on until just a few years ago uh, into their adulthood our family is so large now with uh, five of our children being married that it was getting a little little bit much for everybody but we did that tradition for probably 25 years where the siblings just uh had that special time to give to one another you know with things so commercialized uh it 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 has always been a challenge to kind of keep the reason in the season hasn't it yes and you know we we always gave the three gifts on Christmas morning, kind of a rep, as a representative for the gold, frankincense, and myrrh from the, the true Christmas story. And so we tried to make one gift something that they really, really wanted, uh, one gift that they really, really needed. And the third gift, we wanted it to be something that would encourage them to play together. So when they were into Legos, maybe they would all get a Lego set. When they got to be teenagers, maybe we would get them all some type of a... a a toy where they would have to play together. They they ended up getting into the the airsoft and the paintball, and so it, when they were older and they got those for Christmas, they we would all go out in the woods on Christmas Day and they would have a big war. And so we really wanted to promote um, keeping them playing together. Yeah, and you know that's that's always a, a challenge, uh, and you know being. You know, being a big family and, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it was hard to uh, kind of go to somebody's house because you kind of crash with a giant group. Right. We, we, we would show up in like a 15 a passenger van, you know, with all our kids. Uh, but it has really made for a really fun life. I mean, you and I met way back uh, at UGA. I guess it was on uh, 1981, the year that Georgia went to uh to uh, play pit in the sugar bowl uh, with herschel walker yes it was 1981 i was a new freshman at the university of georgia and i knew i wanted to meet some other like-minded 
people in their faith. So I ended up at the Baptist Student Union. And then I met this this guy who was a senior, outgoing senior, and he was also happened to be the president of the Baptist Student Union that was planning that trip to take about 15 or 20 of us drive down to the Sugar Bowl. And it just happened to be that Tim Eccles was that president and I was the young freshman coming in and by the end of that trip which was around New Year's Eve December 31st 1981 um, he declared you declared your love for me and wanting to date me so it was he moved he was moving pretty fast yeah and now I'm your humble radio host yeah here and of course your vice chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission uh, you know we have enjoyed these last uh, I guess uh, over a decade on the Public Service Commission. You've uh, taught children at various schools, and I mean, you were the early childhood ed major at Georgia, but you really do have a love for kids and love to make life special for them. Well, I I didn't realize how long um, my love for children would carry on. You know, I've always loved children. When we got married, we both wanted a big family and got one with our seven children. And I do have a degree in early childhood education and development. And after raising my own children, I went back into elementary school teaching. And now I'm getting my master's in pastoral counseling, probably with a focus on children and family therapy. Yeah. And, you know, every week I do, a you know, a special uh, Thursday morning event for Georgia cities called Community Focus, and we have uh, a segment always focused on human trafficking and the and the harms uh, and and the blight that that is. Uh, you know, as you think about what's going on out there in our culture, it's hard to raise children today. Well, and I think parents do need to pay attention to the different things that are going on in the culture because children and even teens are you know they're at a very a very vulnerable time where their you know their bodies are changing and their hormones are changing and they need that support and structure from a stable and thriving family life so that is certainly one thing I've always tried to encourage uh, young mothers who call me or families who call me is that it's worth the effort and sacrifice to be there for your for your children and your family and give them that strong foundation um, and I you know when I was home with my children I, I never felt like I was missing out on something else if anything it was just that experience of raising a big family prepared me for so much that I'm even doing now even that, that they're all grown yeah you know as as our kids grow older and we see them live their lives and start their own families and be successful there's a lot of a lot of joy with that so yeah it was yeah, you know, a lot of work for us in the early days, those Christmases, uh, you know, when you're trying to make sure everybody has a great Christmas and, you know, you're, you've, you've got all this mammoth crowd in your home to manage, but it's so worth it now, isn't it? Oh, yes. And I always loved having everyone come to our house. I mean, obviously, it was with seven children, it was easier to host people in our home than to load them up and go somewhere else. And so that kind of became something that I really enjoyed is having, you know, a house full. And I do miss that. I mean, now that all my children are grown and we're in the not quite the empty nester. We have some cycling through every now and then. But but we we wanted a big family. We are crazy about children and family life and that has never gone away so really for, for us the the empty nest we're we're glad when we get to have these little I'm, I'm hugging my grandchild right now <laughs> this next generation of of sweet sweet grandbabies as we wrap up this segment you know i've ha- always had all these crazy energy ideas you know from you driving the nissan leaf to the propane van to solar thermal over at winterville to our house here in hushton uh, with solar i feel like through these years you've kind of grown with me in our understanding of clean energy of smart energy and doing things kind of a different way here in georgia well i do think there's a lot of great clean energy ideas and of course in the back of my mind i think what a challenge it would be to build a um a house uh, with all those accessories on it and learn how to be more sustaining especially with solar which makes a ton of sense in georgia yeah solar has been uh, uh, just a huge part of 
of my tenure at the PSC as we think about Georgia going from four measly megawatts of solar now to being uh, in 2024 will be fourth in the nation uh, in approved and installed solar. And I think there's uh, there's even more coming, is my guess, as batteries become prime time. Uh, you've driven these electric cars. You've had the Leaf. You've had the Kia Soul. Um, what do you like about electric cars? Well, I think the first thing is when we, uh, what year was it when we got 2013? We got our first Nissan Leaf. And I think I had to learn to trust the new technology. I needed to be confident that I wasn't going to be stranded somewhere with the new technology. And I think over time, um, I grew in confidence. I learned how to drive an all-electric car very efficiently. Uh, And then, you know, I love the electric cars and the hybrids. I think they're a great um, choice for everyone, especially if you're not ready to take the full-on electric, then there's a lot of great hybrids out there, which... They get wonderful gas mileage, and they're, they last a long time. They're very enduring cars, and so that would be what I would suggest to someone is to take that first st- step and let your next car be a hybrid. Well, thank you for being on our show today. Uh, folks, stick around after a little Christmas music here. Casey Boyce is going to join me and tell me what he got for Christmas. So, Wendy, appreciate you being on Energy Matters. Well, Merry Christmas and enjoy your families. This is Tim Eccles. I'll be right back. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. And so I'm offering this simple phrase. Hey, welcome back. Christmas morning, energy matters. And uh, thank you to my wife for being in in segment one today. I've got our regular co-host, Casey Boyce, here. Merry Christmas to you, Casey. Merry Christmas, Tim, and Merry Christmas to all of you out there listening this morning. You know, I'm so thankful for our audience. We get great feedback uh, from folks. We have some regulars out there. And of course, our our podcast goes all over, Casey, uh, and there's there's some fantastic energy podcasts out there. Uh, but, you know, I feel like that we bring 
we bring a lot of new information to the table and a lot of analysis, uh, but it's been you know, now, what, 152 episodes uh, that Energy Matters has been going. Yeah, really amazing. And, you know, Tim, one of the things that I really enjoy about the conversations that we have, both you and I, and, and certainly with our guests, is that... You know, oftentimes, if you're looking at some of these national energy reports, the Southeast is kind of white space that there's, you know, it looks like there's not a lot going on. And the truth is, there is quite a bit going on here in Georgia and across the Southeast. And we get to bring that to our listeners, which is is a lot of fun because it's it's definitely a piece of the map that needs filling in because we've got some great good news stories down here. Yeah, Casey, when I think about Christmas and Christmas presents and opening gifts for Georgia, you know, clearly this Rivian plant has to be, you know, the best possible Christmas gift, uh, really, for both sides of the aisle, Casey. I mean, this is an amazing thing that Georgia has landed this plant. Absolutely. Well, you know, Tim, it's funny because you've talked about this a lot, right? This idea of Georgia becoming a clean energy powerhouse. And of course, a couple of years ago, the uh, the Q-Cells plant opened up, uh, the, the largest solar module manufacturing plant in the Western Hemisphere, so just up I-75. And we've got SK Innovations uh, up in Commerce uh, battery plant. And now we've got Rivian coming, right? Yeah, the Rivian plant. And I think about all the collaboration required for this. Obviously, Casey, maybe a lot of people aren't aware of the marketing effort that comes out of, uh, of, you know, state government. I mean, it's a, it's a big line item in our budget, kind of started with Nathan Deal, continued by, uh, by Brian Kemp, uh, amazingly, eight years in a row, at, you know, from Site Selection Magazine as the best place to do business. And obviously, there's a number of different categories there. But when you see a company like Rivian deciding to come, you've, you've, You've got to know there's been a lot happening behind the scenes and not just from one single group or individual. This is an effort that has been enormous on the part of a lot of people in Georgia. Yeah, it's it's great. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, Tim. I'm, I'm guessing you've probably been uh, at least somewhat involved in that. I know economic development's a big thing for you. To, but, you know, for your to your point, economic development takes a lot of different people working on a lot of different things to, to bring a big auto manufacturing plant like this Rivian plant. Um, it, it's not just a simple conversation. It's, it's something that takes years and years, really, often. And um, you know, I, I got a, an opportunity to see that, you know, firsthand when I was working with the Atlanta Beltline many years ago, just how much work goes into securing a deal like this. Yeah. You know, one of the groups that hasn't been given any credit that I want to give a shout out to is Cox Enterprises and um, and the family that owns that business. So people know them right through the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They know Mannheim Auctions, Kelly Blue Book, Cox Automotive, Autotrader.com. What they don't know is that the Cox family owns 4.7% of Rivian and that they've made arrangements to do a lot hmm. of the, the the prep work required to get vehicles ready to go out into the marketplace. And, you know, while there's, you know, a lot of credit due to, you know, our our economic development team under Pat Wilson and, and Governor Kemp, I think with the Cox family investing in Rivian and urging them, uh, you know, to come to Georgia, you know, kind of a behind the scenes thing and owning 4.7% of the company. Casey, that's something that can't be overlooked. That's fantastic. I didn't realize that they were involved. And and to your point, that's that's a great shout out. Tim, I'm wondering if we should just take a moment and review for folks. Um, you know, it's been in the media, but for, for people who don't know Rivian or this announcement, maybe kind of a quick summary of uh, the company. So uh, I'll, I'll do the company maybe, and then you could, could talk about the announcement of the factory. So the company Rivian is a, a startup EV manufacturer, and, and they make trucks. They've got three vehicles 
vehicles, the R1T, which was just released and actually just won Motor Trend's Truck of the Year award, the R1S, which is an SUV that'll be coming out next year. Uh, and then they've got a, a delivery van that they're going to be, uh, this is all electric, that they're going to be delivering to Amazon. I don't think they're out yet, but uh, we'll see them on the street soon. So a really cool startup company. Yeah, you you do see those vans in, in uh, California, Casey. They, they, they uh, have okay, been yeah. running them, not exclusively there, but they have been testing them there. Casey, you and I have talked a lot about the duty cycle of vehicles. And if, if you think about, you know, how much you and I drive our car, right? So maybe I'm in my Chevy Volt two hours a day, uh, Monday through Friday. I don't know how, you know, you've got a Polestar 2 EV. I mean, you, you're probably not in it two and a half hours a day, are you? I'm not, no. Yeah. <laughs> but an Amazon van, you know, that's out on the road uh, eight, nine, 10, you know, holiday season, 12 yeah. hours. And so when we think about... When we think about something that moves the needle, we're thinking about Amazon having electric vehicles that are out there delivering their packages. You think about waste management and their 11,400 natural gas trash trucks, basically not using diesel, not spitting particulate matter all over your neighborhood on your curb. I mean, these commercial vehicles that run all day, almost every day, this is a substantial uh, accomplishment towards decarbonizing transportation. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because those vehicles are out for a long time, but they may not necessarily be driving a long way, right? You think about, you know, the UPS truck or the Amazon delivery van that, you know, goes to your house and then pulls up, you know, another quarter mile to the the next delivery that they've got to make. And there's, so there's a lot of stop start, which by the way, is perfect for an electric vehicle. They're a lot more efficient than an internal combustion vehicle for that. Um, but we've done some work at, at Escalon around fleets and there are definitely questions around you know how do you fuel these how do you make sure that they can you know stand the duty cycle um, and it's great to see companies like Amazon like UPS um, and then this the suppliers like uh, you know Rivian uh, you know putting these into practice getting them on the street and showing that they can work Casey just uh, three or four minutes left in this segment I was thinking we might just just hop, even though it's Christmas, hop to New Year's resolutions for energy and what what uh, you're hoping for. I know for me, I'm hoping for more net metering in Georgia, uh, you know, through the IRP process. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if the power company has enough data. That, that was kind of what we asked them, Casey, is, hey, let's do this with 5,000 customers. Bring us the results, you know, in the next rate case. So technically, we're really not supposed to do it into the rate case, though we could do it earlier. But I think that's my number one, Casey, is let's Let's quadruple what we had. How about you? What's your number one New Year's resolution for energy? Well, I, I like yours, um, but uh, I guess I'll take a different one. I mean, I, I would like to see more innovative uses of batteries in Georgia's grid. So, you know, I know we've talked on the show before about, you know, school bus programs that, you know, uh, EV school buses can support the grid when they're not transporting kids around. We've talked about uh, programs where, you know, people can put batteries in their houses and get, you know, benefits of backup power, uh, but give the electric utility the opportunity to manage the grid a little bit better by using those batteries. Um, so, I, you know, I think there are are some great opportunities to use batteries here in Georgia that benefit everyone. And I'd love to see more of that happen this coming you know, year. Casey, I don't know if you bug my phone or what, but I was in Uh-oh. I was in a closed door meeting the other day with the power company previewing the IRP and they are going to come to us with some big time requests for batteries. So uh, I think you're you're about to get your resolution, at least as far as they propose it. I like it. I'm really excited to hear what they uh, they're going to be proposing. Hey, just another minute, Casey. I guess my number two resolution is about renewable natural gas. Uh, you know, it can be made. It's not a fossil generated gas. It can be made in an anaerobic digester. You basically put a bunch of 
organic matter in there and and the organisms basically gobble it up and burp out methane you collect that methane clean it up and you can use it in a trash truck or even put it into the gas system you can get it out of landfills i mean it is it is you can get it out of dairy farms from lagoons as it as it comes off of those lagoons i just think the time is right casey yeah that's that's great and we're doing a lot of work on renewable natural gas and hydrogen uh with our our natural gas utility clients so my number two just to round this segment out as we move into the back half of the show here is back to rivian and evs and this is actually a resolution listeners for you i would love for you to go test drive an electric vehicle in the new year you know lots of cool cars and trucks coming out go take one for a spin show up at the clean energy road show show up at some of the manufacturers events and and just see what it's all about well, everyone, stick around. My interview with Rivian Dad, at Rivian Dad, uh, Scott Lunt, has a very cool podcast. We're going to play that. You can see the video of it at YouTube forward slash Rivian Dad. So stick around. We're going to have that. Casey, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Tim. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. Reducing pollution from the transportation industry is an important goal, and few alternative vehicle fuels offer the distinct advantages of compressed natural gas. I myself drive an F-150 C&G pickup. Marlin Compression, part of Marlin Gas Services, is helping to usher in this clean energy future to the Port of Savannah, too. Not only is Marlin Compression a trusted provider of CNG for fleet fueling, they are also working with Port Fueling Center on a state-of-the-art CNG truck fueling facility. Learn more about the distinct economic and environmental advantages of using natural gas for trucking fleets of all sizes and explore all of Marlin services by visiting marlincompression.com. That's marlincompression.com. Calculate your savings today. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing. Happy holiday to you. Thanks, Tim, for joining me. I'm here with Tim Eccles. He is a commissioner of the Public Services Commission in Georgia, also the founder of the Clean Energy Roadshow, and the host of a great podcast called Energy Matters Radio, an EV owner himself, a dad of seven. So... Welcome. Thanks. It's so great to have you, Tim. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. A lot of exciting things happening in the EV world. Yeah, indeed. Um, I, I mean, first of all, I just wanted to, to uh, point out you were at the event yesterday uh, at Georgia. In fact, you were mentioned by Governor Kemp uh, first and last name uh, and, and pointed out specifically how, how was that event for you? And, and uh, you know, did you did you see the Rivians and you get a chance to uh, appreciate them a little bit? What'd yeah, I did get uh, up close and personal uh, with those Rivians yesterday. I had already hosted a couple of Rivians at the state capitol during the last legislative session. I wanted to I, I wanted to get them uh, in between the Capitol and the legislative office building last winter so that when legislators 
went from the chamber to their offices, they would have to pass by the Rivian. <laughs> and so it got a tremendous amount of, of looks. It wasn't a ride drive, but legislators were sitting in it. Uh, they were asking questions. We had a couple of Rivian reps that were there. Uh, TV was there. But yesterday was a media circus. It was an absolute media circus because because this is the biggest economic development project in terms of employees and money in the history of the state of Georgia. Yeah, I, I heard the governor say that. It, the quote was, this is the largest single economic development project ever in this state's history. That's a pretty big statement. Can you put any numbers to that or anything? Do you, do you know how he's arrived at that? He's definitely not counting our nuclear reactor, right? Because our nuclear <laughs> reactor... Uh, the two reactors, you know, are are about twenty eight billion dollars. So uh, but that's owned by the utility. This is a project that that economic development went out, marketed, solicited uh, and created a deal for Rivian uh, that brought will bring seventy five hundred jobs. Uh, you know, who, who knows what they'll wind up spending, you know, on their factory, five billion, seven billion uh, but, you know, having already seen what the Kia plant did in terms of bringing ancillary businesses and people that wanted to be close to Kia, if the same thing happens to Rivian, it's going to get up there towards $10 billion. Uh, and there's a lot of room in the Stanton Springs office park uh, or development area where Rivian's going. Facebook is already there. Uh, okay. And... Uh, and, and then Rivian wants their plant to be powered by renewable energy, which means it's going to trigger some kind of PPA for solar, um, you know, in order to power that plant. I don't know how many megawatts right. that plant plant needs, but I mean, yeah. it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a lot. It wouldn't surprise me if it needs a gigawatt of power. So, so just just to clarify, PPA means power purchase agreement. I know that because my wife works in this world. <laughs> and I get to overhear some of her her conference calls. But uh, just to just to point out some specifics about this announcement, um, it's a two thousand acre site. Um, it, it's in a complex in in Denver. We have a place called the Denver Tech Center. I'm kind of imagining something like that in Atlanta. Is that is it similar? Like there's a it's a group of new companies and and manufacturers. This land has been accumulated over a twenty-year period by four counties. It's kind of, it's kind okay. of sitting, uh, you know, in four counties, uh, okay. and serviced by several different utilities who have gone in together with a partnership to make sure That's that they, that they can provide the power that it needs. So it is a long time in building up this parcel. Um, and that's, frankly, part of the secret sauce, I think, the fact that Rivian didn't have to go out and try to accumulate parcels. It was already accumulated for them. Gotcha. And so it's, it's, uh, it's about 2,000 acres. It's, it's about an hour east of Atlanta. So it's, it's a bedroom community, you might say, I guess. Um, well, think about the, the road going from I-20, going from Atlanta to Augusta, the home of the Masters Golf Tournament, Augusta National, and, and, and what's already there. The headquarters for Club Car and Easy Go, right? Oh, wow. Electric car companies. Granted, wow. they make golf carts and they make low-speed electric vehicles, but it's going to make I-20 the electric vehicle hub, uh, certainly the southeast, but maybe beyond that. So I understand that the Georgia's kind of leapfrogged a little bit. They've, they've got the uh, new plant there from the for the SK Innovations plant that's making the batteries for the, the Ford Lightning. Mm -hmm. As the crow flies, maybe, you know, 100 miles from this Rivian plant, uh, where the Rivian plant's going to be. So, I mean, if, if the F-150 powertrains being made 100 miles from where the Rivian powertrains <laughs> being made, I mean, I... I, I to, to me, I was just sitting there yesterday going, wow, what a difference six years makes. Six years ago, Republicans ended the state tax credit for EVs. They plopped a $200 penalty fee on EVs, and they were kicked out of the express lanes. So, mm. so you've, got, you've got now the state, the Republican power structure, embracing Rivian uh, and moving all the levers of government to get them here. And when you when you get government invested like that, it's a good thing. Uh, 
And the pledges that were made yesterday from the highest level in our state to not just be there for for the recruitment, to but but to be with Rivian throughout. And what that meant, what that meant to me, I don't know that it meant to, this to anyone else. Is what it meant to me is if they're going to be with Rivian throughout, Rivian one is going to want that tax credit re- brought back um, to give Georgians an incentive to buy those vehicles. A special incentive, a $5,000 state tax credit in addition to the $7,500 federal tax credit. That wasn't mentioned yesterday, but if you're going to be with them, that they're going to ask for that. And number sure. two, they are going to ask for some special dispensation around our dealer law um, that prohibits people from buying directly from the manufacturer unless the state provides a carve-out. That wasn't mentioned but if the, if the state's going to be with Rivian, Rivian's going to be asking for that. Uh, just to get back to a couple more points here, the, this particular thing, I thought this was interesting. This this plant would be would bring seventy five hundred jobs, direct jobs, I presume, but but fifty thousand net jobs along the value chain. Tell me about how that works. Yeah, the value chain. You think about you know seat manufacturers. I mean, there's, there, this is an assembly plant, right? So. Not everything going into that vehicle is going to be made in that plant. It might be made somewhere else. And we've seen this with Kia is that people locate in office parks, you know, within 10 miles of Kia because they're making this piece for the engine or they're making this piece for the transmission or this, this piece, this trim piece or, you know, whatever the, what, whatever it is, the trucks that have to take them out. You've got, You've got that, the truck drivers involved. You've got, there's just a lot involved with a car manufacturing plant that that triggers, you know, other companies, you know, wanting to be adjacent nearby. So, and the, the plant is supposed to be breaking ground this summer, and they're supposed to be producing trucks or vehicles sometime in 2024. And what's another interesting thing is that uh, the normal plant in Illinois, Rivian's first plant, it has a capacity that's building up to about 200,000. This particular plant will be a capacity of twice that, up to 400,000. So it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to give a shout out. It wasn't mentioned yesterday that Cox Enterprises, who owns Mannheim Car Auctions, Kelly Blue Book, AutoTrader.com, um, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and Cox Cable, the CEO... Uh, it's a it's a family owned business. He invested three hundred and fifty million in Rivian two years ago. They also provide all the service for the Amazon vans that are coming here through Atlanta in terms of getting them ready to be rolled out. Uh, you know, uh, fixing them when they're broken, uh, renting them out to the drivers. I've got to think that the money invested by Cox Enterprises had something to do with this. What it shows is an Atlanta family that has substantially invested. Cox Enterprises, with their Mannheim auto auction arm, has the ability to really help Rivian in the secondary market, uh, and just like they've done with Tesla uh, here. Uh, they, they, they play a tremendous role in uh, essentially taking... Tesla's off lease, getting them ready to go back into the retail market, into the lease market, and they built an entire EV mobility facility. It's the largest array of chargers east of the Mississippi. Um, so I, I, I've got to think that that was part of it. Probably, and and that's great. I mean, I know that Cox and Rivian have been working together on uh, building up a service network as well. So I'm, I'm sure that that's I'm sure that that's part of it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. 
Hey, Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. This particular area uh, is is actually in your district. You're an elected commissioner, and this happens to be in your district, which is a which is a great boon for you. So, I, I mean, aside from that, person professionally, I want to know personally what, what does this mean to you to have this in your area? I know you're a big EV fan, so there's got to be more than just you know the votes that will come here. Yeah, I, you know, I, the thing about being a politician, especially when you come out early for an issue, and I, you know, I got my first, you know, electric vehicle in 2013 with a Nissan Leaf. Now maybe people have forgotten that I was there eight years ago, <laughs> right? That I was a leader, and now everybody's on the bandwagon. I'm sitting there going, I mean, I know the governor gave me the shout out yesterday, but. The governor didn't say, and he could have said, Tim, you've been at this a long time. You created the Clean Energy Roadshow. You've been a leader. You've got six electric vehicles. He didn't say any of that. He just thanked (laughs) us for our low energy prices, which obviously had something to do with Rivian coming. But even the governor, I think, has forgotten that I was there, you know, early on. And well, you just you just gotta die. You just gotta die to it. Your pride, you know, it just it just it, it, it just pokes a hole in your pride, you know. Well, this is a chance for you to clear that up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how the public services commission and this Rivian plant will will connect together. Why why do the PSC need to be involved here at all? The PSC has the ability, one, to provide rebates on chargers uh, for the electric company, right? So if let's just say that in Georgia, a hundred thousand people order Rivians, every one of those people are going to need a charger in their garage, right? That's a lot of chargers. The amount of money that we set aside for the utility to rebate back to people uh, can save them money in their garage. That's one. The time of use charging rate that we created in 2013, where people can change the way that they're buying electricity if they have an electric car. Well, adding another 100,000 people to our time of use uh, rate would do great things for our grid because these people, these what we discovered about these EV owners is that they actually increase the load of power. Obviously, they're charging a car now, but they shift that load overnight. So in that shift provides greater grid efficiency, technically it lowers everybody's rate. Now, when I say lower, I mean fractionally lower, but lower is better than raising, right? Uh, So so the PSC is involved with with that. And then the make-ready money, and this is what I mentioned to both the Rivian executives that were there yesterday. I said, look, don't forget, we gave Georgia Power $24 million for EV Make Ready three years ago. We're getting ready to renew. You guys need to get in on this because Rivian wants to have chargers in every state park. That's one of their kind sure. of, yeah, that's one of, one of what, part of their business model is that this is an adventure vehicle. You're going to tow a camper with this vehicle. You're going camping. You're And so if you're going to go to a state park with a Rivian, 
and it's in the middle of nowhere, you need electricity to charge that Rivian in that state park. The make-ready money, if our a commissioner of our parks, which is under the Department of Natural Resources, if he came to the commission and said, hey, commissioners, the Rivians are coming, and we want to go ahead and get ready for that, we would like to add six chargers, 10 chargers, 20 chargers, whatever the number is, at all of our state parks. I mean, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be 250 charging units. And if Rivian doesn't have to pay for that, right, if that comes out of the state budget and then we have the utility provide all the make ready for that, that's a huge savings. And it goes a long way to helping Rivian have their network, right? I mean, Tesla Tesla superchargers are on interstates. Rivian chargers, part of them are going to be in state parks. Uh, all yeah. over the country. Does the commission get involved in the building of the plant itself? I know that the Rivian wants to, as you mentioned, they want to, to run this on green energy. Uh, do, do you help with, does the commission help with uh, providing that energy? What we, what we do is we create a special power purchase agreement or, or a special tariff, and we call it our CNI, Commercial and Industrial Renewable Tariff, where a company like Rivian can say, we need... 500 megawatts of green energy. And then, so we would authorize the power company to build this. Uh, and, And Rivian would pay a couple of extra cents per kilowatt, but Rivian would also receive the energy generated off of those 500 megawatts, which is about, uh, 3000 acres of solar. So say that 3000 acres of solar, Rivian would get a credit on their bill based on the performance. So, yeah, they're paying a little bit extra, but then they're going to get a credit Mm -hmm. as well based on the actual performance of the arrays. So I want to step back a little bit and and ask you a couple of other questions. Uh, So Georgia was in competition with other places. I've heard Texas and Arizona, among probably many others. Why do you think Georgia stood out to Rivian? I know you mentioned the Cox connection, but... But that can't be the only reason, obviously. Um, why do you think Georgia stood out to Rivian among, among all these other possibilities? What's, what's Well, we have energy that's about 15% below the national average. So that has to be part of it. We had the parcel of land already assembled for them. So it was kind of turnkey uh, for them. We have a port not very far from where they're locating. I mean, three hours from where they're locating. They're going to be exporting these these trucks. So we've got the ability to get, you know, to get their trucks onto those ships once they get down to the port. Uh, and then, you know, we've got basically an economic development authority in that Stanton Springs area that really courted them. They already had one Facebook. You, you you know that had to be a head-turner for Rivian. Wait a second, Facebook is here? And mm. the green energy that Facebook wanted is being supplied. Um, mm. So I, I think I, I think the proof is in the pudding. And in this case, there was a lot of evidence, I think, already for Rivian to know that the state could really back up what, what they were promising to deliver. You probably heard that Motor Trend selected the Rivian R1T as its truck of the year. Lucid won its car of the year, both both electric vehicles. Do you think this is a transition point for transportation? I think it's a step. I, I wouldn't say it's a transition quite yet. I mean, the Rivians aren't going to be here out of that plant for another couple years. So I, I, I tend to agree with Cox Automotive on kind of a, a slower impact. For EVs, I know a lot of people thought, "Wow, 2030, yeah, we're going to have half the cars in America." I just don't, I just don't think it's going to be quite that quick. Uh, but this is obviously a phenomenal step. The infrastructure plan with you know what seven and a half billion dollars for charger infrastructure—that's a great, a, a, a great opportunity. So I think it's just going to be. You know, we're ticking up a couple of points on market share every year. Uh, you know, so maybe by 2040, you know, we've got half half the cars in, in America. I just don't think it's going to be. I, I don't know that we'll ever not have gasoline cars. I, I mean, can you imagine a '67 Camaro 
or a '73 Corvette not being able to operate? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna keep some legacy gasoline for our sure. classic cars. It's too it's too important of an industry, and it's too important to California. Californians love electric cars, but they also love classic cars out there. <laughs> What do you think are the obstacles for, for Rivian going forward here or for EVs in general, um, both putting this plant in as well as, uh, you know, moving forward in the EV space? You know, what a lot of people probably aren't thinking about are, are these Amazon vans. Uh, I mean, do you does, does a day go by when you don't see an Amazon van? No, no they're, 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 in, they're in my neighborhood. And the fact that these Amazon vans will be Rivian's to me is the most significant thing about what's going on here is that they're commercial vehicles that run 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. All the gasoline that they've been using, they won't be using anymore. It is going to be just, to me, a a very significant environmental, uh, you know, impact, uh, uh, for for these vehicles to transition to electric, yeah, I mean the the seventy thousand dollar truck. I mean, you know how cool is that? But even if you have a Rivian, you're not going to be driving it probably more than two hours a day. Uh, if if it's a truck, it's from an environmental standpoint. Moving commercial vehicles, whether it's a trash truck, or an Amazon delivery truck, or an eighteen wheeler, moving those to a cleaner transportation is what our country needs. It is a far bigger task and a far more significant task than even closing coal plants uh, because just the sheer amount of greenhouse gases that are coming out of the millions upon millions upon millions of vehicles in America. That's awesome, Tim. Um, I, I thank you so much for your expertise. It's really great to to see a person of your caliber so, so excited about EVs like I am, like a lot of the folks who are, you know, are tuning into this channel and others, and it's really fun. Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com. Solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Oh, oh. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your car. Like 5 quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil, just $31.95. Plus get a $10 O'Reilly gift card with your purchase. Extend the life of your vehicle and improve performance with a synthetic oil change. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.